0: You're listening to Queers, a podcast about politics and culture with Simon Copland and Benjamin Riley.
1: That sounded fine from my end.
0: Cool. Okay, that's the important thing. Uh okay, let's do it. 11th of January, 2017, I'm Benjamin Riley,
1: And I'm Simon Copland.
0: Welcome to Queers. Each week we talk our way through questions on a theme, and this week we are talking about identity politics. But before we get into all that, given it's been a little while, Simon, how was your break?
1: Yeah, it wasn't too bad. Um, pretty busy, actually. We, uh, Me and my partners um, moved just before Christmas, um, and in that period, the three of us... Simultaneously, well, not simultaneously. Like one by one, got sick. Uh, so it was it was a bit tiring and a bit stressful. Um, but then once that was done and uh, we were moved, we went down to the coast for a few nights, uh, which was really nice, just a, a bit of a relaxing time. And then came back to Canberra um, after Christmas. And spent some some really good days just sort of tidying up our new house and relaxing and catching up with friends. Um, and my partner Martin, his mum is in town, and uh, we've been doing sort of touristy stuff that we have that we haven't done yet, or that we you know you do rarely um, with her, which has also been really quite nice actually. It's been a good excuse to sort of ease back into the year. To like touristy to, stuff in Canberra. In Canberra, yeah, yeah. So I mean, like, what are you
0: like? Like what? Because you've lived there for quite a while.
1: Yeah, yeah. But, like, I've I've lived here all my life. But, you know, so we went to the National Museum uh, the other day, which I've I've been to before, but, like, I haven't been to for quite a while. Um, You know, and things change. We went to the zoo yesterday, which, again, I've been to ages ago um, but haven't been to for ages. Um, you know, we took the excuse to go down to the river and go swimming over the weekend. Um, maybe this weekend we might be going to the nature reserve, um, or something like that. So, you know, that that kind of stuff that, you know, you live in a place and you don't go to the museum every, you know, very often because, you know, you live in the place. so, it's nice to have that excuse to, to do that, and, and as I said, it's, you know, sort of easing back into the year of working, and um, I'm going to have a pretty busy year, so it's a nice excuse to to not be, like, straight into the, straight into the hitting the grindstone straight away. Sure. You know, how about you?
0: Uh, yeah, I had a really lovely break. Uh went up to Wodonga, which is where I grew up. Um, uh, to see my parents for Christmas. My partner came up with me, with me, which was really lovely. Just kind of sat around drinking gin and, I don't know, doing very little, which is what Christmas tends to be for us. Yeah, um, yeah that sounds lovely. Yeah, it was really nice. And then just kind of, you know, suffered through the heat a bit in Melbourne in the, the week between Christmas and New Year's, which is always always what happens as well. I really, I hate, I hate summer... Um, I just kind of, you know, sit around miserable in a, you know, Mm. hot house because inevitably nowhere, nowhere has air conditioning. Um, (laughs) so that was, that was less fun, but then just had a really lovely New Year's as well. I was saying to someone the other day, I feel like the older I get, the less I hate New Year's because I'm like, just kind of okay with having these quite low key New Year's Eves. So I just went to a friend of mine, um, has this beautiful, uh, garden with her house and she set up a um a kind of uh, a dinner and we just kind of sat out me and a bunch of other people sat out in in her garden and um ate dinner and and uh and drank and I don't know
1: r- rang in the new year that sounds really nice i agree with you i i yeah, sort of when you hit a particular age or can you sort of start to appreciate that New Year's is not it doesn't have to be this big event every time. Totally it's um, not like again. Oh my god,
0: where am I gonna be at midnight? Like yeah. I've gotta be dancing, I've gotta be doing something crazy. Like, Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't need to. Yeah. Yeah, so this I think this was the first year in ages I went to a party, but it was a very low-key party. Um, it was kind of a small group of people at a party that was it was quite nice. Um, so it wasn't that like intense, having to dance and get get really drunk type thing. Um, it was just you know hang out and chat with some friends, some good friends, um, and and that was really good. Hmm. All right. Well, should we get into the discussion? Let's do it. Well, at the end of our year in review episode last year, our last episode of the year, Benjamin finished with probably the quote of the podcast, I reckon. Um, talking about identity politics, Ben said, we've just got to get past it because I cannot see any of this changing while we are so hamstrung <laughs> by this bullshit.
0: Uh, so we were kind of thinking about that episode quite a bit afterwards and realized that while we, we talk about identity politics all the time on the pol- on the podcast, you know, it's a bit, like things like, I don't know, neoliberalism, where we probably don't sit down, and we use the word all the time, we probably don't sit down and have a proper conversation about what it is and why we're so keen on critiquing it.
1: So we thought... Uh... Today, starting off the new year, um, we thought for the benefit of ourselves and for you, our listeners, um, we thought that's what we'd do today. Uh, We want to step back and ask some of the big questions that sort of define this show in many ways. Um, You know, what is identity politics? Where did it come from? What don't we like about it? And what can be done differently? Um, So, Ben, to start us off, uh, you know, you get the big question to get us going. (laughs) Can you give us a bit of a summary as to what identity politics means to you and maybe to build from that, why you're so critical of it?
0: So I'm going to uh, cheat a little bit here. Um, Simon worded me up that this would be the first question. And, uh, um, you know, because it's it's terrifying, uh, I've gone back to an article that he and I wrote uh, last year for Overland about, um, uh, I was kind of a response to a, an article that another writer had, had written in, in Crikey, um, a, a publication called Crikey. So it's, you know, it's, it's, we'll probably link to the article in the in the show notes but um of relevance is that it includes a, a basic description of identity politics um and so you know basically what it is on a, on a very basic level is a philosophy and a practice of building political movements around um identities so uh that might be um you know sexual identities gender identities uh, race um age uh, disability status there's you know i'm i'm sure people can imagine all the different kinds of identities that are covered by that um i so I, I mean that's pretty much it in its in its most um basic sense so using those identities as a kind of starting point for um uh, political action and and political movement um i would say that as part of that as we said in this article there there's an implied kind of essentialism to identity politics that mm. uh by sort of defining yourself in terms of an identity, um, it is uh, you know saying that that thing is sort of you know that that what I would say is a kind of abstract category in a lot of ways is is inherently a part of you and somehow essentially a part of you rather than uh, um, socially constructed or mutable or uh, you know changing or performed or um, you know, any of those sort of more kind of fluid uh, ways of thinking about uh, uh, behaving and, and being. Um, so I, I guess that's that, that would be my description in terms of... Um, actually, before I get into, uh, you know, some, some basic sort of criticisms of it, I'd be curious to just hear a response from you on, on that
1: sort of basic um, uh, definition well, it's it's funny to ask for a response to that, given it's an article we both wrote. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, obviously, uh, yeah, look, I, I I agree with that basic definition. I think um, uh, we discussed this briefly before we started recording. It's it is a very narrow de- definition. It's it's. I was just looking back at the article as well, and it's sort of confined to one paragraph, which is sort of very difficult to to um, to 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 describe this in one paragraph. I think that the focus on the political movements around identities based on things like race, gender, sexuality, age, disability, status, etc., is the key part of that picture. Yes, yes. But I think that, and maybe this is the discussion we'll go into a little bit later, I think that that also has particular elements to it, and it's and, and we're going to go into whether this means, you know, whether critiques of identity politics means giving up on movements that are based around these sorts of um, identity factors. And I think that the... I, I think it's going to be worth talking about some of the differences between uh, material realities versus identity, um, sort of self-identify self-identification, which I think is a key part of my criticism of identity politics, um, and that um, is a little bit further further, you know, sort of being able to recognise that you know, oppression based on these sorts of identity factors is definitely real, um, whilst also being able to critique the approaches, the responses to that is, a, is something that I think we'll need to do. Um,
0: totally. That, so totally. that goes
1: that goes a little bit later in, in the discussion, I think. But I'd be, I'd be intrigued, you know, I, I agree with your, um, with, your, with your broad definition, and I think we should um, maybe sort of start with the critique as a way to maybe dive into this a little bit more.
0: Totally, because it's not a, um, whilst I would, you know, stand by that as a definition, it's not particularly illustrative in that it doesn't really imply um, directly a lot of the problems that come up around identity politics. Exactly, I guess yeah. thinking think about what my kind of basic critiques are, I think um, I could broadly say that I have theoretical critiques and kind of critiques in practice. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so I think we'll, uh, I won't get into the, the practical critiques just yet because I feel like that's going to end up being the bulk of the discussion. Yep. But even at a theoretical level, uh, I would say one of the core critiques I have of identity politics is that it's fundamentally conservative; that it um, it lacks, I guess, uh, transformative power. So, mm. so what I was saying before about it not really engaging with um, uh, sort of, uh, I guess, more sort of uh, deconstructed ways of thinking about sort of being and and doing around sort of the performance of identity and things like that uh it it i don't think really has the capacity to um like it it sort of codifies identity rather than uh provide space for it to possibly sort of grow and change and you know it's about sort of identifying existing ways of being and um you know, b- building uh, political frameworks around those rather than arguing for any sort of transformation of being. So, I guess in that sense, it's it's oppositional yep. to a kind of liberation politics, which is all about um, you know transforming uh, the community and society through the transformation of the self. Um, so, so that's yep. so uh, you know, and I guess the the biggest implication of that is that under the under the terms of that. Uh, Nothing actually has to change, like the, you know, the, the goal of um, uh, movements that often come out of uh, identity politics become about diversity and recognition uh, and nothing actually has to materially change for those goals to be achieved because they're, um, it's just about recognizing existing identities
1: Yes, I, I 100% agree with you on that, and I think that that where the uh, where the definition we spoke about as the implied essentialism to identity politics is really key. Um, there is an assumption within identity politics that I think, as we said, you sort of become defined by what you are rather than what you do. But but also a, a key element of that is that what you are is sort of an inherent part of yourself. It's not something that uh, it's you know it's it's the it's the classic you're born this way yes, stuff yes. Uh, mantra that that get, really gets played out in a lot of identity politics and but but integral to that is that there is no critique or no discussion about how particular identities have been formed and shaped um, or how uh, particular subgroups or groupings of people uh, you know so the how it have been formed over time uh, and. Th- what that actually means so for example you know the, the the perfect example i have of this is something that you know i read about a lot is that the, the even the very idea of there being a homosexual the term homosexual is something that's very new it's only something that's existed for 120 130 years um you know the same with the term heterosexual these are terms that are very new to our to our understanding as, as a it's society. important to say not
0: just terms but concepts
1: the concepts yeah actually you're right sorry the concepts the very concept of themselves is are very new um and have been developed in for particular reasons in particular ways that have been benefited you know particular power structures but identity politics doesn't um doesn't analyze that it doesn't critique that it doesn't it just sees the identities as they currently exist as sort of being inherent as being essentialized um and therefore something that we need to protect um, and in doing so, if you provide critiques to that, you end up becoming becoming the evil bigot. You know, you, if you're the person who does this, you're sort of the person who is denying the right for somebody to be that identity, which is, you know, sort of for me just lacks sort of some, some substantive critical analysis. That you know, you can't. It's 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 a hard line to it's a sort of hard line to uh, sometimes fine line to to walk along, but you know. We have to be able to critique some of these groupings and the the, the way that identities are shaped, um, but identity politics totally. doesn't allow that to occur um, because it no, is, I, it's so. You no, know, I would. I would
0: say because I can kind of hear an imaginary chorus of listeners kind of going, uh, you know, and, and kind of having some issues here. And I, th- I think it's worth kind of saying here, <laughs> and, and I think this is going to come up a lot. So so you know, we'll we'll try to be explicit about it. But I suppose take this as a to some degree blanket acknowledgement of of this as a sort of. Um, problem with with analysing this stuff that I feel like a lot of what you're talking about is arguably, well, and, and this for me is sort of the the question at the heart of all this, it could certainly be argued that these things are not inherent to identity politics that that in practice they are mm-hmm. a, a, usually a part of movements based on identity politics but you know, if, if we take that sort of basic definition that um, it is simply a, a, a way of political organ, like a, a form of political organizing that is using identity as a starting point, then there's no reason really why, uh, well, not no reason, but, you know, hypothetically, the kind of criticisms that you're making um, don't necessarily, you know, they're, they're not inherent to that idea, I think. It's, yeah, yeah. it's more that, uh, I mean, I would say that that way of thinking about identity... Um, I mean, <laughs> God, even identity just becomes this sort of meaningless word when you're talking about it like this. But even that way of thinking <laughs> about um, politics uh, very quickly leads to the sorts of things that you're talking about. So I think that that sort of analytical distinction is probably quite important to make.
1: Yeah, it's, it's the kind of... Um you know in in theory what could this look like what what could identity politics look like Um, doesn't have to involve these sorts of elements in practice that's not the reality and so there's the difference between the theoretical discussion and the and what 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 occurs in reality Uh, and I think the theoretical discussion is important to have but we also have to recognize that this is a type of politics that occurs that occurs in a reality uh, and um, it's that's that sort of where the basis of our critique comes from
0: yeah. I mean, I think that actually a really good way to get at that is the question, you know, if we were to sort of play devil's advocate here for a second, was, I mean, it's funny because I feel like we're always playing devil's advocate. So it's like mm. uh, devil's advocate to our own devil's advocate. Yeah. Um, and, and think about what we might say is, uh, if we were to argue for identity politics, what, yeah. what, what might we say is, is good about it. Can you, can you have a crack at that?
1: Well, look, I think I think at the basic level, you know, and to start off, if we go back to our original definition, I think you know, understanding that there are oppressions um, focused around things like race, gender, sexuality, sex, um, age, disability status, etc., etc. I think that the 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 recognition of those oppressions was was and remains really important uh, and I think that that is something that we can't deny that the civil rights movements and the and queer movements and uh, feminist movements are, are all extremely important and I hope you know I don't want to, d- to deny that as part of this podcast, I don't think that that is something we want to do. Um, clearly, given that we have an episode, a podcast called Queers, um, yeah. and so that's that's really that's really important. That this is not a not a re, not saying that you know what we should do, and and, and a lot of the sort of um, reactive ways of dealing with identity any apologies, to say well we should just not. Talk about these issues. We just spoke. Talk about class, or, or only about class, or only about economic issues, because all of these minor identity politics issues are, you know, are, are not valuable, or you know, or they 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 don't help in mm. some particular ways, you know. And, I, and a lot of the reaction to you know for, to a lot of the political events last year, that's that's been a lot of the reaction to that. So I think that that um, is really important. I think that also, uh, you know, I think that. Playing devil's advocate, there could be a lot to say about the capacity to, uh, for identity politics to break particular social norms or partic- particular identity norms. I guess to be able to say, look, um, you know, when you see this proliferation of gender identities, for example, or sexual identities that is that is occurring in our modern world, um, you know, it was Facebook who last year released all of the. I can't remember exactly how many different like um, 50 ways, to ident- fifty different ways to identify your gender on 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 Facebook you know, and that that what that can do, what one could argue is actually end up breaking down a whole bunch of these really restrictive norms around gender and sexuality and that that is a really valuable thing um, to occur, and that people are able to um, step back and say, "Well, oh, this is what I want to be," and 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 um, and that that sort of individualized process may end up breaking down sort of social expectations. I would have a critique of that, but I think that that is sort of what, so sort of the clear um, pros around identity politics, or some of the clear arguments for it, that it sort of allows people to be who they want to be um, and promotes that yes. really strongly.
0: Although with the with the rhetoric. You know, it allow that it allows people to be who they are. Um, yes, you know, which is obviously a, a, an important distinction. Yeah, I mean, and I think what you've identified is kind of both. You know, the the same thing is sort of both identity politics' strength and its weakness, which is that it's super easy. Like it, it mm. you know, basically allows people to engage in a a, a kind of ethical framework that's just about essentially learning a set of rules about how to, um, uh, you know, recognize diversity and acknowledge diversity. And so I I think it becomes quite a, like, at a basic level, an easy way for for people to feel like they're doing something good. And I think, you know, that's not to say that there's no good as as a part of that. I think there is. But, you know, the flip side of that is that because it's easy, um, it's also just incredibly limited. in in that the things the kinds of things that you identified that achieves i think that that's right it's just that um that's probably all you can do with it
1: yeah and i think it's actually really interesting to say it's super easy because i think you're right in that it's super easy for two different groups so it's easy in many ways for people who uh well you know easy maybe maybe some people will disagree with this but you know the 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 way that you would be seen it is easy for people who want to identify in different kinds of ways um, in that that is it it gives space for people to do that and i think that there's a real um, positive to that but i think it's also an easy way or seen as an easy way to deal with oppression that if you want to um, be someone who you know who's who's a who's an ally or who doesn't doesn't you know or, or someone who's fighting oppression i guess of of people of, of minority groups then there's things you need to do is, you know, make sure you use proper pronouns and don't say homophobic comments and don't, you know, uh, you know, don't use racial stereotypes, that kind of stuff, you know, allow people to be who they are, rather than actually engaging with some of those structural elements behind these oppressions. So you're sort of dealing with oppression on a very, in my opinion, on a very um, superficial level, on a very, uh, you know, top, you know, uh, skin-based level, right? but I don't know what that term is, but, uh, you know, very superficial level, rather than actually looking more in depth as to where these oppressions have come from. So you can talk about, you know, there's a lot of focus, I think, in identity politics in particular on language and the, t- the types of language people use um, as a way of solving oppression rather than going into some of that m- more material realities of what, opp- of what oppression is based upon. Hmm.
0: I mean, and it's been, you know, this is something that's just been beaten to death, really, but the, the safety pin box... Yeah, no, but it's just like the kind of perfect ex- example of this. It's it was a a couple of um uh African American women in the U.S. put together this uh it's it's basically like a monthly subscription service where a white ally can order like a box that's full of like instructions for things that they need to do to be a good ally, basically. Mm. Um, and you know, it's it's supposed to be about um. Uh, I, get, I, I guess those actions having positive outcomes, but also that the money goes to supporting um, the, the founders of, of, of this thing to do other things. Um, and it's just like, you know, it's literally, you know, buying a list of things to make you, to absolve you of kind of guilt,
1: yeah, exactly. And I think this actually goes into the other big criticism of identity politics that I have that I would like to dive into, um, and that is that it's very individualised. Um, and it's a very uh, it's a very individualised approach to, to um, dealing with particular social oppressions. And it's individualised in two different ways. Firstly, it's individualised in the sense of the way that people of particular groups can... Um, be liberated from oppression is just by being able to be who they are. Um, so being able to have that space to be able to identify as 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 they are, I guess, as they as they inherently are. Sure. Um, and to be able to do that, um, but then also it's individualized in the sense that the way that uh, we solve oppression is for individual people to make sure that they are, give people that space. Um, so that individual people uh, make sure they use the right, you know, go back to that list I used said before, make sure they use the right pronouns, and don't use homophobic language, and all of that sort of stuff. Um, and what occurs in the, in the outcome of that is that um, the the focus of identity politics, and I and I would notice this quite regularly, is that the focus of identity politics um, is on often ends up being the rage of identity politics. I guess is often ends up being on particular individuals who don't who don't follow those particular rules. So the you know the the high profile person who says the sexist thing or the transphobic comment. Sure. This is the, so it's focused this on the that we talked about you know, that, yeah the yeah the culture and the, and that is a real inherent part of this in that instead of you know for me I go back to the sort of you know looking at the instead of looking at structural issues around why oppressions occur we we blame the individual because it's you know because it's a very individualized mm. approach approach to oppression
0: I mean I suppose I, just to, to go back briefly to um, potentially positive things about identity politics because I, mm. I feel like this will offer um some counterpoints to the the individualism of it uh oh one well, one of them will you know because for me what what the, the the strength of it really is 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 as a um uh a, a impetus for political organizing in that it's been hugely successful both now and you know for decades uh as just a a a, a way to politically organize you know to to bring a bunch of people together um for some sort of common goal and whilst you know that can quickly devolve into the sorts of stuff that we're talking about um on a basic level uh you know as as um as we've talked about i mean i think things like and particularly when engaging with with mainstream political systems things like lgbti uh, have been incredibly um helpful as ways to just engage and engage with with sort of some political change, and to make mm-hmm. people feel a part of that change. Uh, so I think that's one thing, and I guess like secondary to that, I would say that it also has the capacity to just make people feel good, which sort of can't be underestimated. In in that a lot of uh, a lot of people or who who have what we might say are sort of marginalised identities you know, have maybe experienced, you know, a lot of trauma or blah, 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 blah. And, and you know, pride can be something that can come out of ide- movements based on on identity as well.
1: Yes, I think those are two really good points. And actually, I think what they... Um, the, the, the question that they lead me to is, um, is can we, you know, so, so, uh, so I said before, I don't think that we have to... Um, the, the, this isn't about getting rid of movements... Around things like race or gender or sexuality or sure. sex, um, and that uh, actually, you know, uh, 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 those things have had huge impacts. You know, the the impact of the decriminalisation of homosexuality cannot be underestimated. You know, the impact of the civil rights movement in the United States cannot be underestimated. Um, as as with the same of you know Black Lives Matter at this point of time, um, but does can we have a type of politics that Engages with these sorts of questions of, of questions about oppression around race and gender and sexuality etc 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 that doesn't devolve into identity politics or the types of criticisms that we've made so far or are they inherent to having that discussion to, to having those sort of, sort of political movements or are, are there other ways that we can do things um, that can still engage with this particular uh, with these particular issues without sort of becoming really identity focused what do you think about that
0: well I mean the, you know the, this will surprise no one I'm sure Sure, but the, the obvious answer that I'm sure both of us would have is is a, f- a focus on sort of class issues and, and mm. uh, economic issues. I think I would almost like flip around what you said and say, given how embedded identity politics is and how much it just dominates, um, you know, quote-unquote left-wing uh, political movements, I, I feel like it's the question for me is almost more how can we incorporate... Things like uh, material inequality, economic inequality, into the the kinds of identity politics based identity based political movements that certainly seem to be here to stay.
1: Yeah, well, and I think that that's actually the real challenge, and I think that uh it 's one of these interesting things where identity politics one of its i guess maybe one of its benefits are that it manages to bring people across class lines um into into some sort of collective action um so you have wealthy queers um, and and poorer queers fighting for same sex marriage for example or or at least maybe um even if it uh, Uh, maybe, you know, having some sort of collective identity, potentially, um, even given their differences. And I think that that's not problematic. I think there's obviously clear problems around that. um, Well, sure. Like, for
0: example, those movements, and marriage equality is a perfect example of of a movement which tends, you know, ideally it would create the divide, um, cross those class divides, but in in practice the the wealthy just end up controlling the movement for their own... Ends.
1: Yes, exactly, and I think that, uh, but I think that that's what I was trying to get, what I was going to get to, is that the, it's it's an interesting one in which identity politics, in ways, in ways bring, you know, sort of brings people across those class divides, some in some particular ways, um, but at the same time that creates these inherent problems in which uh, you have situations where uh, movements um you know i said to be you know or you know major quality is the, the 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 most important issue of this you know the last 10 years or so but it is one that benefits the wealthy particular the wealthy people in those in those identity in in those identity groups a lot more than it than benefits those poorer people um but i think that what i was trying to get at is is that i think there is an inherent difficulty in bringing in class politics to this form of identity politics in many ways given the fact that there is such a cross um uh, you know uh, such a cross cultural there's such a sorry there's such a diverse grouping of people along class lines within these sorts of movements and what actually in many ways is more valuable to me is to be able to um to re-identify class as a major issue Um, and then to do that across identity groupings rather than within identity groupings. Um, So, you know, so do you have to say, actually, the the, the struggles of uh, women and, uh, uh, you know, the struggles of poor women and poor queers and poor black people and poor Indigenous people, uh, poor people with disabilities are actually much more common than the struggles of uh, poor queers and rich queers in many ways um, and I think that that is sort of bringing class back at that level is actually what needs to occur or at least having that discussion that brings class back at that level to understand that you know class that, that that's that's where class lies that there are different class interests within queer groups for example within queer people um, and it's going to be hard to bring class into that debate when that they're in there there are such different class issues in those groups um, and that building alliances across groups may actually be more valuable Sure. I mean, I, I want to ask the the really sort of obvious
0: question here, which I, 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 y- which I don't feel like we've addressed directly, and I, it's probably important to do so. Mm. Why would you argue that... So that statement you made before about um, there are probably more commonalities between poor XYZ people than there are between rich and poor yeah. queers. How would you argue for that? Because I feel like that I just haven't... I I feel like there's a basic question here around, like, why do we think class is important or more important than identity as a basis for political organising?
1: Oh, that's a big question. But it's kind of of key, you know? it's essential, isn't it? Yeah, 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 it's essential. Look, I think that there's an important material reality to class that just can't be underestimated. And I'll just, you know... I'll be really clear. I, I, like class, in many ways, is the defining power structure that exists in our um, in in our in, in in a capitalist society. I mean, capitalism is based on class, and that the existence of class is really integral to ensuring the system survives. But also, that means that it it it's integral to ensuring. Um, you know, but it, sorry, it's integral to the ensuring the system survives, and therefore, what that means is that you have um, an inherent amount of pressure that must occur in a class-based system, yes. um, and 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 that has real material impacts, in which you have situations where there are people who are living a high life, when there are people who are struggling to get, uh, you know, food day by day. Um, now, I want to say very clearly that there are people who are queer who are uh, in that same situation or the people who are women obviously people who are people of color in that same situ- situation and it is often um the uh the queers the women people of color who are the ones who are in those poorer um situations or people who are in those lower classes so there's obviously and this is where it gets complex in that there's obviously some crossover in which you know the identity your identity has an impact on your class status basically Um, and that's kind of important that's where this gets a bit difficult because you can't sort of discount identity entirely and some, some try to do that, some try to say well you know identity is, doesn't matter, class is the only thing that matters um, but I don't I don't fully agree with that because I think clearly identity has an impact on your class status um, there are particular historical reasons for that in the sense that uh, for example um, queers in you know if you look at the history, queers are people who have seen been seen as um, sort of dangerous to a capitalist system because they they don't fit to a general family mould, which is sort of seen as a, an important structure within capitalism. You know, women end up in that situation because, um, historically, largely because um, they end up in primarily in the home um, to, to look after children and that is a situation in which um, you know they, they they're not earning as much as men so that's why they often end up in a lower class situation um, people with disabilities same situation in which um, they end up in that situation because they can't earn as much often um, because of, of potentially um, uh, lower capacity to work you know in in the in the standard capitalist mo- model of work so people end up in these situations the class is the thing that still in my view is the under underlying integral part of a system of oppression that exists in capitalism and that's why it's more important it is it is the central oppression um these other oppressions still clearly exist but they're often related more to class than classes to those oppressions if that sure. makes sense
0: and i think when, when we talk about the intersection between class and identity it's also worth like uh, identity is such a shit word i feel like it, it, <laughs> it it's it it's really difficult to talk about because it, it just has become so um we just talk about it so freely and don't really deconstruct it at all in the same way we talk about community, for example. Uh, yeah. but I think it's, it's worth saying that like, whilst I, I don't really believe in a sort of essential inherent identity, um, I mean, I, I, I think that it can feel like there is one. Um, but you mm, know, I think absolutely. it's a, a sort of, uh, problematic concept in a lot of ways, Identity as a kind of grouping still has material realities because society is structured around perceptions of identity in, in a lot of ways, mm, so it mm. has those kind of material outcomes. I think that's a kind of important um, distinction to make as well.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's really important, and, and, and I think that there are also material realities to identity as well, so... You know there are material realities to class in terms of your uh, your status as um, someone with basically fewer resources than somebody else or more resources than somebody else. Um, there are you know and this is this is contested in particular areas and there's lots of blurred lines in this and I want to acknowledge that. But there are material realities to to a particular identities as well. Um, you know there are material realities to being a person of colour as you know the the, the colour of your skin is that material reality. There's material realities to sex. Um, Oppression, which is which is focused around you know uh, the p- people's particular bodies, um, and all these uh, there's materialities around sexuality, which is the the people that you that you fuck, which is the sort of basis of that oppression, um, and that materiality is again something that I think is not spoken about as in identity politics, because instead it's sort of this inher- we're sort of spoken about this in this inherent part of who you are, but it's sort of more about your uh, sort of I don't know. It's about who you are in your mind, not necessarily the things that you do or the things, the the physical things that you are. In many ways, well, it's um, not. It's not
0: really. I feel like it's not really deconstructed at all.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but that's you know, and, and I think that that's an important thing as to note as well.
0: Uh, we uh, this episode's been going on for quite a while, and we yes. we probably should finish. I feel like this is just something. I feel like we could just talk a lot more about this. I think um, it is because the there's some stuff that we, we were kind of hoping to get into that, that we haven't really had a chance to, and I do think we should finish, but we might even think about um, returning to this, uh, mm. you know, with a, with a kind of different sort of angle or a more specific angle. Yeah, let's
1: have yeah, a think about that. Yeah, I think, think that's a good that. idea. I was just looking back at the, the, the notes that we took, and I think there's a lot more we could discuss on this.
0: Yeah, totally. Uh, we'll have a think about that Will you... Um, But, you know, was there anything that you wanted to add finally to to this discussion?
1: No, I I actually think this was valuable, though. Um, I think it was good to be able to actually talk this out. Uh, I found it particularly valuable, um, and I hope our our listeners have too.
0: Totally. And, you know, I hope, um, you know, we are certainly try very hard to be... To, to the extent that it's possible self aware and self critiquing of our positions on on class and and against identity so I, I hope this has been a good opportunity for us to um, defend ourselves mm. uh, and I, I would really encourage people to get in touch with us I mean Twitter is probably the easiest way we'll we'll give the the details for that in a moment as we always do but to to really um, you know, put the put the thumbscrews to us if there are things that you are unsure about or disagree with, because I think it's important that we're able to defend ourselves.
1: Yeah, and I think that actually it's particularly important in this particular... Pe- particular moment because following the political events of the last year this is a debate you know I was just doing some searching before we started and this is really a debate that's really heating up Uh, and a lot of people for example have blamed identity politics on the on the loss of Hillary Clinton um, to Donald Trump Um, a lot of people have blamed identity politics on the Brexit vote last year Um, and I think a lot of that that uh, debate has been quite narrow um has just said you know we should stop talking about gay people and stop talking about women and should only talk about class and i think that that um debate is Important, but also has the capacity to to head it head in a very different direction that I would not necessarily just agree with either. Totally, and I think um, that
0: that exactly what you're describing is is probably what I'd be keen to make the basis of another discussion about this stuff.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I think it would be worth um, having that discussion, and I'd like to hear from other people about about their views on this because I think it would be useful to to build into this discussion.
0: Hmm. Uh, well, that's that's it for us today, I guess. Uh, thank you for listening, and we will be back in a couple of weeks
1: with another episode. Um, in the meantime, you can catch us all our past episodes on Com, and please go and subscribe to us on on iTunes. And as we say every episode, please leave us a review and rating, which will help other people find us.
0: I am constantly finding out about people in my life who are very close to me who haven't uh, reviewed and rated <laughs> us on iTunes. Simon and I, I get, I get very cross. I'm just like yeah. withholding friendship now because I'm like, <laughs> you've just got to, you've just got to, you've just got to do it. Um, yeah, so as I as I said before, you can find us on Twitter uh, and and please do get in touch, particularly about this episode because I think it's an important one to have more perspectives on. I'm at Ben C Riley.
1: And I'm at Simon Copland, uh, and you can also catch me on Facebook at Simon Copland Writer.
0: That's it for us today. We will see you all next time. I'm looking forward to it.